Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Poor Stereo Podcast is here. Have no fear. Museum Quality Podcast coming live and direct on today's episode. Al Pacino, 83, and has a bun in the oven. Al Pacino has a baby on the way. Skip and Shannon are breaking up. LGBTQ versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. And so much. This is a fantastic, hard-hitting, museum-quality, fully disruptive I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming up right now. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Start this puppy off with something real nice. Start this puppy off with something real loud, but most importantly, start this puppy off with something real funky. It's the I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Let's go. Boom! <clears throat> Hmm. Welcome. Welcome to the Iron Dome of Disruption. Welcome to the Ziggity Zone of Disruption. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Man Dingo, a.k.a. the Inflamed Ashkenazi, a.k.a. the Monster of Mucus, a.k.a. the Raging Bullshitter. And this is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, coming live and direct from New York City, Nueva Yorka, respectfully. Hope everybody's feeling good. Hope everybody's feeling safe. Hope everybody is feeling real sane. Welcome to the Iron Dome of Disruption. 
Welcome to the ziggity. The ziggity. I'll spin it back one more time. The ziggity zone of disruption. And uh, I'm excited about the Cyan Rapport Stereo Podcast. First, I just want to, <clears throat> as I clear my throat, and you can hear my voice is not perfect, I want to apologize to the listeners of the podcast because, uh, you know, I talk about it and you could hear my voice isn't totally back. Um, I just want to apologize about that. It sucks. It sucks for me. I'm doing every single thing possible. To get it together. I always feel bad when I <clears throat> can't yell and scream the way I want to. And I, like I said, I've been taking this and that and I've stopped drinking fucking coffee. I was on the coffee. Then I was off the coffee. Then I was back on the coffee. Now I'm back off the coffee because I'm trying to do every single thing I possibly can to get the golden voice back to full strength. So you guys that listen, um, I just, I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't, you're probably like, oh, you don't have to apologize, uh, Gringo Mandingo. You don't have to apologize, uh, White Mike. You don't have to apologize, uh, Disruptive Warrior, but I am because it's been frustrating for me and I've been wanting to, you know, tune some shit up and tune some people up and, you know, just do my thing to full, full strength. And it's been frustrating because <clears throat> as you know, huh. I like to talk. I like to talk. And a, a lot of people are like, oh, uh, maybe you should rest. This is not rest. This is not a rest issue. This is an internal issue. But don't worry. We'll get to the bottom of this. Anyway, game one of the NBA Finals is in the books. The Denver Nuggets. Handled the Miami Heat and the Miami Heat culture very easily in game one. Uh, they uh, led, I believe, the whole time. And the speed, the size, no Bruno, the mismatches, and uh, the fact that I think that the Denver Nuggets are a better, longer team, no Bruno. Uh, they were able to uh, handle the Miami Heat and the Miami Heat culture uh, in game one. That's not to say that I don't think uh, Miami's going to play better. Obviously, they're going to shoot better. Uh, they didn't shoot very well. But this whole Miami Heat culture, you know what? There's Denver Nuggets culture. Any good team has a culture. I think this Miami Heat culture thing has like become this like voodoo. It's the NBA Finals. <clears throat> if you think the Joker... And the rest of them give a, a shit about Miami Heat culture. You're insane. Mike Malone, the coach, he's developing his own culture. And the Joker, Nikola Djokovic, Jokic, Jokic, is it Jokic? Is Jokic? I, 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 let's just call him the Joker. That's culture. And this guy, you could ask him about this. You could ask him about that. You could try to get it. Why the reporters keep trying to lure him into some sort of like soundbite? I don't understand. Homie doesn't. Homie doesn't care. Number one, homie doesn't speak uh, English very easily. Number two, he doesn't seem like he speaks 
uh, in general a lot anyway. Well, why are you trying to lure him into some sound bites? He doesn't care about the MVP. He doesn't care about scoring. He doesn't care about any of it. He cares about winning. So does Jimmy Butler. Very similar personalities. But Jimmy Butler speaks English. Djokovic, Djokovic, the Joker, he doesn't speak English. It's not his first language. So uh, trying to lure him into a soundbite in his second language, he probably speaks French. You know, these Europeans, they speak more than one language. He could be uh, uh, from Spain. They speak uh, Swedish. He could be Italian, and they speak Spanish and Italian. They speak more than one language. Look it up. But the Denver Nuggets have a culture, too. Obviously, it's not as historic and as uh, steep as the Miami Heat culture. But they ain't worried about it. Uh, I still think it's going to be Denver in six games. Speaking of Denver, I will be performing in Denver the 15th, 16th, and 17th. I will be in Denver live at Comedy Works June 15th, 16th, and 17th. Uh, I will also be in Rhode Island uh, the 8th, 9th, and 10th. Providence, Rhode Island at the Comedy Connection. And then Chicopee, Massachusetts. Chicopee, Massachusetts, June 11th. And then I got a bunch of shows coming up in the summer, uh, all into the fall. Uh, all tickets, all information is available at michaelrappaportcomedy.com. But we're going to Brea. We're going back to Brea, California. We're going to Syracuse. We're going to Salt Lake City. We're going to Stanford, Connecticut. We're going back to San Diego, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Chicago. Be on the road. Live. All tickets, all information is available at michaelrappaportcomedy.com. What else is going on? It's getting warm in New York City. Summer is coming. The humidity is amping up. And when the humidity amps up, uh, that's when I call it affectionately swamp ass season. Swamp ass season has officially begun. For those of you who don't know what swamp ass season is, that's when it's so hot out that your ass holds and stores sweat. You can actually walk down the street and feel the sweat dripping down your ass. Hence the term swamp ass. Balls, cock and balls, the whole kit and caboodle. But it is starting to warm up here in New York City. And, uh, you know, the summer is the summer. It's going to get hot. It's going to get, it's going to get humid and, uh, just be prepared. I, I, you know, some people like to do, uh, they free ball. Some people like to, uh, wear boxers. Me, I, I, I wear, uh, one kind of underwear. Under Armour, three inches, no, six inches, six inch compression underwear. I like it tight. I like everything high and tight because if it's, if it's tight and you're dealing with that swamp ass, uh, the swamp uh, goes into the, the and, and Under Armour, they got technology. Okay, my underwear, let me tell you something. They're expensive. They are expensive. I used to have a hookup at Under Armour, but I just like now I just, I buy them. 
They are expensive, but those compression six inches, they come, you know, like right to the top of the mid thigh. Uh, those underwear, year round. When it's cold out, they keep you warm. When it's hot out, they keep you cool and they catch everything that might be dripping and drabbing from swamp ass season. A lot of people have asked me <clears throat> to discuss the great Al Pacino. Al Pacino is 83 years old and his girlfriend is pregnant. The greatness of Al Pacino. Al Pacino is such an incredible actor and he has been such an incredible actor for so long and he has evolved and his performances have evolved. He means so much to me. On the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, sometimes I talk a little bit more about Bobby D, Bob De Niro, who also just became a dad at 79. He's got seven kids. He just had another kid. And Al Pacino's girlfriend is now eight months pregnant. So Al Pacino, big Al, at 83, is going to have a child. I do not know if Al Pacino has any other kids. Can, can, can you check that? I, I would imagine Al has some kids. Maybe not. Holy shit. If Al Pacino is becoming a first-time father at 83 years old, he's wackier than I even thought. And I say that with all due respect. You'll never get me. Okay, so Al has three adult children, and he's back in the sandbox. But when we talk about Al, and we talk about first the performances, the Panic in Needle Park, the Godfathers, Dog Day Afternoon, Serpico, you could have retired. And then everything he's done as he's gotten older. I mean, Scent of a Woman is one of my favorite Al Pacino performances. There's so many. He means so much to me. Al Pacino means so much to me. Like I said, you'll never hear me disparage Al or Bob. Bob or Al, respectfully. But what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Al, you're 83. Bobby D, you're 79 years old. So now do they not only have in common that they are two of the greatest groundbreaking New York-based actors who have literally changed. They changed the game along with a bunch of other people. They changed acting. They changed what's attainable. As an actor on film, literally, they rewrote the rule book and rewrote the rules of what you can do as an actor on screen. They came up together. They've known each other. Of course, they performed in The Godfather Part Two, not on screen together. And then they did Heat. And then they did a couple of other not so good movies together for the money, as they should. Because if you think that Al got rich off of Serpico and Al got rich off of Dog Day Afternoon, you got another thing coming. That's not the point. 
They now have this in common. At 80, Bob, Bob is going to be 80 this year, and Al Pacino is 83. They're both... For those of you who don't have kids, you, you don't understand this. For those of you that do have kids, you do understand this. Do you understand how physically grueling... Do you understand how... Forget everything else. How physically grueling it is to have an infant? Of course they're going to have help. They should have help. Anybody that could afford help should get help. Anybody that could get help from a, a cousin, a, a next-door neighbor, a, a grandparent, do not feel guilty in bringing in the second team if you have a kid. Do, do not think you have to do it on your own. There should be no shame to get help. So if you could afford help or you have family that will help or friends that will help, do it. But the fact, the irony that the two of them are about to become new dads of infant children is so, it's so crazy to me. I don't understand. I'm never going to say anything disparaging about either one of them. But like, yo, what, what, what are you, you're skeeting? Like, maybe you get a vasectomy. Maybe you pull out. I, I, I mean, what the fuck is wrong with you two? So now the conversations, and I'm no impressionist, but for those impressionists out there, run with this. The conversations between Al Pacino and Robert De Niro at like daddy and me classes, when they're in there with their like little, because that's what, you could take your three-month-old to a daddy and me class. Can you imagine Al Pacino and Robert De Niro? at the daddy and me class or Al Pacino and Robert De Niro at the park in Central Park on the swings playing in the sandbox with their little one-year-olds or like Bob's calling up Al because his new baby has an ear infection. He's like, Oh yeah, she won't sleep. And Al's doing, I, I'm not an impressionist. I don't do Al. I do Bob a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to go to sleep a little bit, Al. Like the two of them taking their kids to the zoo. Why? What is wrong with you? And again, just like I explained with De Niro, it does not make you a stick man to have a baby at 83 years old. It does not make you a coxman. It doesn't not make you a coxman. I've said it once. I've said it many times. Uh, the difference between a coxman, a stick man, and what Al Pacino and Bob uh, are doing, it's very simple. Coxman, single. Coxman, don't get tied down. You see Leonardo. Leonardo's pushing 50. He's still on them yachts. Judge it all you want. He's still on them yachts. He ain't getting off them fucking yachts. You see Pistol Pete Davidson. You see the pistol. You see what the pistol is doing. You see Drake. You saw what Jack Nicholson was doing in them streets. You saw what the great Milton Berle was doing in them streets. You saw what Derek Jeter was doing in those streets of New York. Those are stickmen. Al Pacino, Bob De Niro. Listen, I'm sure they've had their share of many, 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 many women. But, but, but as far as I know, like I said, Bob De Niro seems like a serial uh, relationship person. He's been married. He's had long-term girlfriends. That doesn't make you a coxman. That does not make you a stickman. Al Pacino, fertile. 
83. He's still got them good swimmers. And, and why shouldn't he? You know the kind of the grit, the artistic grit, the need to create? Maybe that's the key to life. Maybe that is the key to life. You see Jack Nicholson, they rolled him out during the playoffs. 85, looking like shit. But you put a camera in front of Jack Nicholson? Let me tell you something. Action. I just appreciate that all these guys are alive and doing their thing. I appreciate that Mick Jagger's alive doing the thing. I appreciate that the uh, the remaining Rolling Stones are alive. I appreciate that Al and Bob are alive, that Jack Nicholson is alive, that Robert Duvall is alive, that Samuel Jackson, Morgan Freeman, not that they're that old. They always get on uh, the Rolling Stones. How great would it be if Jimi Hendrix was alive performing an acoustic set at 80, however old he would be now, at Radio City Music Hall. They're like, oh, why Bruce Springsteen, why is he doing it? How great would it be if Janis Joplin was alive? Enjoy him while we can. You don't like watching Mick uh, Jagger and the Rolling Stones? Don't go. But do not hate that they're still out there doing the damn thing. That keeps you alive. That keeps you fertile. That keeps your fuck style buck wild. That's why these guys are continuing to make babies. Those kids will be well taken care of. People say it's selfish. It's unorthodox. Those kids will be loved and well taken care of. Don't come to me ever thinking you're going to get anything but love, respect, appreciation, and adoration for both new parent Robert De Niro and new parent Al Pacino. Podcast. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. John Wall, baby, needs no introduction. Every week, the five-time NBA All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA and what's going on now in the league. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John Wall will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show to give their unfiltered accounts of what's really going on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok, will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash 
Stereo, get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees, iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. announced a couple of days ago that Shannon Sharp will be leaving Undisputed. Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, which I've been a fan of that show since it came on. And I've been a fantastic guest on that show many, many, many times. And, uh, you know, all good things come to an end. The show's been on for seven years. These guys work a lot. They're rarely uh, off. You know, I've talked about this before. You know, I'm doing a podcast right now, 45 minutes, right? However long this episode's going to be. It ain't easy to talk for three hours. I'm not saying these guys are, are, are digging ditches. Uh, but as a performance, to do that every single day and to not lag and to bring the energy and to bring the point of view, whether it's redundant. Some people say they only talk about the Lakers or the Dallas Cowboys. That's not the point. These guys are fantastic performers. If you think anybody can do it, you're wrong. I love that show. I'm a fan of that show. I'm sad that it's ending. I understand all good things must come to an end. Uh, I don't know what the reason. A lot of people say, what do you know about? I have no idea. Uh, if I knew, I wouldn't mention it. It ain't my story to tell. Um, they've always been fantastic to me, appreciative to me when I come on the show. And doing that show has brought me so many different opportunities and brought me so much fun. Like it's fun doing it. Like I have so much fun having a forum at the highest, highest level on live television to talk trash about sports with two of the best, two of the best commentators, whether you like Skip, whether you don't like Shannon, uh, whatever your opinions are about them, uh, they make for fantastic TV and and the balance between the two of them and the difference between the two of them and the difference between the point of views and the difference between uh, the age and culturally made for a great show. And uh, I'm sad that it's ending. I don't know what they're going to be uh, doing with the show. Next, uh, I would love to go on the show one more time to just articulate that and let them know uh, how much uh, I appreciate it and to just uh, bring it down one more time. Because even just, you know, most recently in the playoffs, I was on there talking about the Knicks, on there talking about the Heat, on there talking about the Lakers. And they both have such great senses of humor. And you know, like I said, it's performance art. If you think that Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless are at 25 all the time, they're not. It's a show. 
And uh, they're showmen. They're performers at uh, an extremely high level. It is not easy doing what they do. And uh, it's not easy, uh, you know, just performing all, you know, to make it interesting every day for three hours. Every fucking day they are, they've been doing it. And like I said, you don't see like three-week lulls where they're not on. You know, this one will take a week off. This one will take a few days off. But they, they've been going hard for seven years. And, you know, I'm sure part of it has to do with just like, yo, I need a break. Like, I'm done. You know, um, so I, I'm sad to see that go. Speaking of uh, sports and uh, Los Angeles, because Undisputed takes place in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Dodgers are in a crazy controversy because it's Pride Month. The month of June is Pride Month, which I think is great. Um, But to celebrate Pride Month, and I hope I get all the uh, facts of this Right, even though it's the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast, and I know we don't fact check, but you ain't going to walk me into this shit, huh? You ain't walking me off a Pride Month cancellation uh, cliff. Ain't happening to me. Ain't happening to me. Not today. The Dodgers were planning on having a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence which I've looked into this story, and, and God knows, what, well, let me tell you something. I've said it once, and I'm, I'm going to articulate this a little bit later. It is so hard to get the truth about any story. It is so frustrating when you're curious about a situation. It, you, you literally, the media, it is brutal. But from what I understand about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they do a lot of great things for the LGBTQ plus community, raise a lot of money, raise a lot of awareness. But one of the things that they do in their performances are anti-Catholic, anti-Christian, or mocking or making fun of the Catholic Church and the Christian Church. I know Barely anything about either one of them. I'm still learning about what it really means to be a Jew from the religious point of view. So I ain't going to speak on Catholic, Roman Catholic, Christian, any of it. I didn't even know there was a difference. I say that with all due respect. But there is. But apparently, they do things with crosses and they dress like nuns and, you know, they mock the church. Allegedly. Ain't gonna catch me up in a LGBTQ plus cancellation cliff, cliff. Ain't falling off that cliff. Ain't happening. So some of the Dodgers who are of Catholic faith, Christian faith, and Los Angeles, a lot of the fan base of the Los Angeles Dodgers in particular are um, Latin. A lot of the fan base is Catholic Christian from the church. Let's just say. Let's just say from the church. I don't know if that's the right term. And the Dodgers have spoken out saying, I ain't with it. It doesn't mean I ain't with LGBTQ+, but I ain't with the sisters of perpetual indulgence who mock my faith. 
listen, a lot of people have a lot of faith in a lot of different things. Uh, I, I, I don't judge. I don't care. Okay? But they've spoken out, and now those players have been accused of being homophobic, this, that, and the third. A lot of fans have spoken out, and they're being accused of being homophobic, this, that, and the third. But let me tell you something. If there was an LGBTQ plus organization, charity, group, like the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence that was coming out to celebrate Pride Night and they have a history of mocking Jewish faith and they had uh, videotapes of them, you know, dressed up in drag, uh, you know, making fun of rabbis, making fun of Israel, making fun of the Holocaust, whatever. It would be clearer to some people why people are offended by this particular group being the group that's going to celebrate LGBTQ plus at Dodger Stadium mid-June. And the thing that's not fair is that if you mock, make fun, comment in the slightest way, LGBTQ plus, you don't agree. Even if you don't agree, cancel. They want to fucking cancel your ass. They want to string your ass up and cancel you. And this controversy is not going away. It all has to do with the wokeness and the this, that. And if you're not in agreement with all things LGBTQ+, you're a homophobic person. But let me tell you something. Like I said, if they were out there making fun of uh, rabbis, they were making fun of synagogues, they were uh, doing all dressing up, you know, with hunched over backs and big noses and doing anti-Jewish shit, it may be a different story. But they're not. And this is a whole big rigmarole, and it's going on and on and on. It's going on in California, which is a zoo. And it's just so frustrating because the media, the mainstream news, is the most divisive thing in this country. I can't speak of other countries. Although, let's, let's, let's stop thinking and acting like Every other country, uh, shit is sweet. Like it's all hunky-dory in every other country. People in America, they go, you know, this country's this. This country sucks. You know, uh, like everything is bad. And you haven't lived, explored, and really have an understanding of what it's like to live in other countries, other nations. I certainly haven't. So I have no idea what it's like being over there. But I could say... The most divisive thing in this country is not miserable Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's not pig dick Donald Trump. It's not Ron DeSantis. It's not AOC. It's not the Proud Boys. It's none of that. It's the fucking news, the media. Both sides. Both sides suck. If you think that CNN is any different than Fox News, you're uninformed and you're in denial. They are the exact same thing. MSNBC, Fox News, the New York Post, the Daily News, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post. It's the same shit. It's just different points of view. It's like Skip and Shannon. Skip loves the Dallas Cowboys. Shannon loves to break his balls every time the Dallas... That's, that's an agenda. 
But that's not dangerous because that's sports. When it's sports, it could be fun. You could have an agenda. Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. No, they're not. They suck. But the most divisive thing in this country is that fucking media. And the fact that you have to tippy-toe around having an opinion that's thoughtful, having an opinion that's nuanced, uh, having an opinion that is, is, is not black or white. And you can't get that in mainstream news. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Do not fool yourself into thinking that Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon are not the exact same thing. They are the exact same thing. You go, well, Tucker does this. Other people can make the same argument that Don Lemon did that. It's the same shit. I watched it all. Do yourself a favor. Watch more opposing points of views. Spend the week just watching Fox News. Spend the week just watching CNN. I am telling you, they are the exact same thing. And it's so divisive. It's such bullshit. It's so frustrating uh, for somebody like myself, who I do not consider educated, uh, who I do not consider, um, you know, well-read. The amount of work you have to do to get to the bottom of a story and why some stories, you know, uh, will be all over the news and, and other stories to, to, to get swept. They're, they're nothing. There was 53 people shot in Chicago last week over Memorial Day weekend. 53 people in Little Ash, Chicago. 12 people died. One woman was stabbed in like four blocks from where she lives. 53 people. That's a goddamn national crisis. That is a crisis. It happens all the time. Last year in Memorial Day weekend in Chicago, more people got shot and killed. This should be discussed at nauseum. It should be fixed. That's an epidemic. No one talks about it. And if you talk about it, it's like, yo, don't speak on that. If you talk about it and call it black on black crime, you're a racist. It's a lot more complicated than you think. No, it ain't. 53 motherfuckers got shot. I don't even know who shot them or what the skin color of the people that got shot, killed, and stabbed were in Chicago. I don't give a fuck. And if you do give a fuck, you are the racist. If you do give a fuck, you are the one with the racial problems. You are the divided one. You are the one who's in denial. 53 people get shot and killed. And a lot of people listening, watching this, or getting that information from me, Michael Rappaport? You know how pathetic that is? That I would be breaking news that 53 people uh, almost a week ago get shot and killed in Chicago. Uh, 12 die and one gets stabbed to death. And we just accept it? Because they go, oh, well, that's Chicago. You can't talk about that. Then the news doesn't cover it. Fox News covers it a little bit. Yes, I watch Fox News. CNN does it. It's like a blip. This should be discussed. This should be fixed. This should be dissected. I don't care if it's gang activity. I don't care if it's poverty. I don't care what it is. How is this acceptable in America that that goes on in a three-day period? And like I said, Memorial Day last weekend was even worse. 
How could it be worse? I do. I don't know. It is crazy, man. And it's happening. Rob DeSanctimonious. Robbie DeSanctimonious as pig dick Donald Trump. He's running. Trump's calling him all kinds of names. Doesn't even call him Ron DeSantis. Calls him Rob DeSanctimonious. And for me... The tears of hate, which I broke down in the last I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast, tears uh, levels, not tears like crying. I caught myself in the tears of hate when I keep hearing Pig Dick Donald Trump. And that's your name. Your name is and always will be Pig Dick Donald Trump, Dick Stain Donald Trump, Draft Dodging Donald Trump, Dog Shit Donald Trump. That's your nickname. You like giving nicknames. I don't know why nobody has given you a nickname in the political world, but I gave you one. Dick Stain Donald Trump, Pig Dick Donald Trump, Draft Dodging Donald Trump, Dog Shit Donald Trump. That's who you are. But I find myself feeling bad for Rob DeSanctimonious because Pig Dick Donald Trump is mocking him. And then I'm like, I can't stand Rob DeSanctimonious. I just want one of these people. I want one of these candidates to give him a nickname and, and ride or diet. Apparently, that fat funk, former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, He's running for president solely with the agenda of mocking and berating Dick Stain Donald Trump. Now, if that is true, Chris Christie, you fat fuck you. If you are truly running for president with the agenda to mock Dick Stain Donald Trump, reach out to me. I will run with the same agenda as your vice president. Although I don't agree with a lot of the things you have done. But if you are getting backed financially, and I'll need some money. I'm not doing it just for free. We'll have my lawyer work that out. But if you are running with the agenda just to berate, mock, malign, and bring some truth about pig dick Donald Trump to the world, you hit me up. I'll run as your VP, homie. I'm eating well. I see you're trying to keep slim. We can wake up every morning, we work out, we intermittent fast, and then we plan on how to bring this animal down. You hit me up. I'm easy to find. You can DM me on Twitter, DM me on Instagram, DM me on TikTok. I'm easy to find. It's also thinking, because every day, every, every single day, there's more things about Hunter Biden. Oh, and don't think I'm going to forget talk about smoking Joe falling. <clears throat> but every day there's more things about Hunter Biden with his laptop. More pictures of him. I said it once. I've said it a thousand times. We know Hunter Biden was allegedly a crackhead. Crackhead's going to do what crackheads do. That's just a fact. Let's move on. We know he likes to get down. We know he likes to party. We know he likes hookers and blow. 
But the question that I am raising for you guys today is, who would you rather hang with? Who would you rather party with for a weekend? You get a weekend with Dick Stain, Donald Trump Jr. or Hunter Biden. Dick Stain, Donald Trump Jr., you know, you, you maybe at best, you go big game hunting. You go shoot some, like, giraffes or some bison. That's what Dick Stain, Donald Trump likes to do. He likes to shoot beautiful animals in a sanctuary that is there for rich people to go shoot beautiful animals. Giraffes, tigers, lions. He don't go out there on his own on some Rambo shit with a bow and arrow walking to find his stuff. He flies to a place where it's all laid out for you. Would you rather hang with Dick Stane, Donald Trump Jr., and Eric Trump? You get a two-for-one. You get the Dumb Dumb Twins. Dumb Dumb number one and Dumb Dumb number two. Would you rather hang with those two or Hunter? With Hunter, you know you're going to have a good time. You know you're going to party. You're going to eat good. Okay? If you want, that's not my thing, but if you want to indulge in a little booger sugar, that's going to be taken care of. You want to drink? Hunter's got that taken care of. You want hookers? Hunter got every shape, size, color you can imagine. Oh, and I'm sure he knows the doorman. You're not going get, to get jammed up at the clubs. You walk into a club with Dick St. Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump Jr., you might not be allowed in. Hunter knows all the doormen. He's going to get you into the club. He's going to get you a good table. And he's going to have things laid out for you. That's my question. Who would you rather hang with? Hunter? Or the Dumb Dumb Twins? Let me know. I am Rappaport Podcast. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the Draft. King's YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. John Wall, baby, needs no introduction. Every week, the five-time NBA All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA and what's going on now in the league. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John Wall will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show to give their unfiltered accounts of what's really going on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash 
Stereo, get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees, iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. So Twitter Blue, I think it's eleven ninety nine a month, eleven dollars and ninety nine cents a month. I'm not sure how much Netflix is. You don't get no movies on Twitter Blue. You don't get the Last Dance, Twitter Blue. But you do get that check mark. Means nothing. You do get to edit your tweets a half an hour after you. Send them. Works for me. I am still trying to figure out two or two, T-O or T-O-O. And I'm still trying to figure out their, T-H-E-R-E, and their, T-H-E-I-R. I know they are. I figured that out. Thanks to a lot of people on Twitter throughout the years. I've been corrected so many times. My they are, I got. They apostrophe. Ari, I have that down. My T-O and my T-O-O, my twos and my theirs, still don't know. You could also speed up the way you watch videos if you're on Twitter Blue. And I believe if you're on Twitter Blue, you're able to post now up to two hours Two-hour movies on Twitter. I don't know why anyone would want to do that. And you could speed up the way you watch it. So if you want to watch it like, you know, where I'm talking real fast, you can do that. I believe if you're Twitter blue, it might be for everybody. The one thing that me having a Twitter blue check mark doesn't help with is the racism. I'm still... Elon, I'm still getting called Jew, hook-nosed Jew, cheap Jew. I'm still getting called this, that, and the third. I'm still getting accused of having sexually transmitted diseases from other Twitter blue people. And you know how much of a loser you have to be? That you're spending $11.99 a month, but you still only have 81 followers you know what kind of a zero you have to be? That you're spending $11.99 a month and you have a profile of Squidworth. You have a profile picture of some sort of demonic Michael Jordan crying. And you still have, you don't even have a thousand followers. You have way more tweets than you have followers. And those are the ones 
do this, do that. Uh, the Hunter Biden this. The I block you fucks. I, I block you fucks. You're losers. But what I want Elon, what I want you to do, and I'm sure you're listening, is there like a Twitter blue exclusive where I only get followed or seen by people like, can we get a Twitter blue premium? I'll pay more. Or, or, or is there like, there's gotta be an algorithm. Don't you got a flying car? Rocket chips. You're a smart guy. I've been in those Teslas. The ones that are well-made are good. The ones that the Uber drivers drive, no disrespect, the, the, the low brand versions, you go on the FDR freeway and one of those Tonka toy Teslas that a lot of the Uber drivers drive, no disrespect. You feel like your life is coming to an end. Partially because of the FDR drive, but I've done it city to city. That's not the point. There, there's got to be a way to clean it up. Free speech is one thing. Knock yourself out. But when I'm getting called a cheap Jew, a hook-nosed Jew, a leftist Jew, and, and all sorts of things by other Twitter blue people, the Twitter blue universe, I feel like the system has it. You haven't worked out all the kinks yet. That's what it is, Elon. You haven't worked out all the kinks yet. So at this point, I like Twitter blue, but I feel like we can do better. I feel like you... Elon, I feel like you can do better. For $11.99 a month, I think like an like an Amazon account, Hulu, Spotify. I don't think they're $11.99 a month. I don't know. I pay for all of it. And it's that's neither here nor there. I sign up for YouTube TV. I overspend with it. But you can do better, Elon. I know you can. You'll fix it. Wean these fucks out. Wean them out. And you dummies that are paying for the blue check mark and have barely any followers. Are you robots? Are you in Russia? Are you just like, is your life just like, did your father not give you the attention you need? At least there should be one thing. If you pay for Twitter blue, you should have, like you're verified. Then you should have to be verified. You should have your name, your picture, and your identity up there, just like I do. Because I don't mind anybody talking shit, but I do not like having shit talk to me from somebody who appears to be, I don't know, like Superman, like a deranged, demonic Superman person. like, you suck, Rappaport. But I have a blue check mark. Anyway, we still got some kinks we could work out. Finally, people have asked me over and over about Vanderpump Rules. People have asked me over and over about Raquel, a.k.a. Rachel, a.k.a. that Bambi-eyed B-word. And, and this is what I could say. People said, do you think she's dumb? Do you think she's stupid? And it's not as simple as that. This woman is a puzzle. I can't figure her out. When you spend as much time as I spend watching reality TV, you're always able to get a sense of the person. And you could say, all right, well, this one's like that. This one's like that. This one's smart. This one's sassy. This one's angry. This one's unpredictable. I can't figure out 
Rachel, a.k.a. Raquel, a.k.a. that Bambi-eyed B-word. I can't figure her out. And as we were watching Vanderpump Rules Reunion Part 2 the other day, me and my wife paused it at one point. This is in the second viewing. We, we, we never pause the live show. But we watch it twice. You could pause when you watch it the second time. I said to my, because my wife thinks she's more calculated than I do. I don't. I said to my wife, I said, do you think that Rachel, a.k.a. Raquel, a.k.a. that Bambi I'd B-word, do you think she possibly has a learning disability? Is she like a cute, pretty girl that rode the short bus? Do you think she maybe has a processing issue? Because let me tell you something. I was on that short bus. And the stereotypes of the people, the kids that are on that short bus are not right. You think everybody's on there and like, there were some, some good looking people. I, I rode that short bus. There was a, a Puerto Rican girl named Elsie. Elsie Rodriguez, hot. Like a, a, a mini Lisa Lisa from Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam, respectfully. I personally think that Raquel, this is my feeling. I think there's a processing issue and or like she might have learning disabilities. This is just my feeling. Because she doesn't seem to process what's going on. Like she doesn't read emotions. When people are like crying, she's watching the reunion smiling. She's smirking. Uh, she doesn't seem to really get what's going on. And like I said, I rode that short bus. I rode it for a long time. And I rode it to different schools. There were some good-looking chicks. I wasn't bad-looking. I was on that short bus. And I wasn't paying attention. I was so young. I'm just telling you, there was one in particular. She was hot. Hot Puerto Rican. Curly hair. She wore the lipstick. Tight jeans. All that. I think that Raquel could possibly... I think she should go get checked out. Does she maybe have processing issues? She's young. People slip through the cracks. You know, uh, Katie and Lala said, where were you raised? Who raised you? Where were you raised? Who raised you? What kind of schooling did you get? Were you ever checked for learning disabilities? That doesn't excuse her behavior. By no means. By no means does it excuse her behavior. I am just saying what I'm saying, and I'm saying it straight up. Has the show gone too far? Is there too much hate? Why is the visceral for Tom Sandoval and Rachel, a.k.a. Raquel, a.k.a. that Bambi-eyed B-word, so much? The reason why it is so much is because to the fans, to the people that have watched the show, Ariana represents the good girl, the girl that wanted to have a, a, a good relationship. A healthy relationship. She was ride or die for her man. Tom Sandoval represents the fuck, the scumbag who cheats on the girl that everybody loves. Now, controversial opinion, controversial take. Is Ariana the girl that everybody loved before this? Was she the favorite? When anybody says she was anybody's favorite, not to say that she deserves I had nothing to do with that. But she's the belle of the bowl now. But before Scandival, 
I think people would say Lala's the favorite. I think they would say Lisa Vanderpump is their favorite. I think that people would say Sheena's the favorite. Now, Ariana's the bell of the ball. Ariana was at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I'm not excusing Sandoval and Raquel, a.k.a. Rachel, a.k.a. that Bambi I'd B-word, respectfully. But the reason why the fans hate them so much is because Tom represents every guy that has cheated on every girl. And Raquel represents the girl that did the cheating. Raquel represents the best friend that stabbed you in the back. And people, Tom didn't cheat on you. Tom didn't cheat on me. Rachel, a.k.a. Raquel, a.k.a. that Bambi-eyed B-word, she didn't cheat uh, behind my back or your back. It happened to Ariana, and it happened to that friend group. But the reason why it's gone, like, where it's like, like it's just like, it's an ins- it's insane amount of, like, people are in a frenzy is because of what they represent. And that's because it's great TV. That TV show is so good. It's got humor. It's got drama. It's got growth. It's got character development. If you watch that show from the beginning all the way through Scandal, you'll go, damn, this is good. It is a fantastic show. And the reason why uh, it's caught on so much as of late is because these characters represent the good guy, the bad guy, the good friend, the bad friend, the backstabber, the cheater, the liar, the good girl, uh, the crazy girl. It represents all that. And all I could say is salute. Salute! Because we've enjoyed it. You can hate Rachel all you want. You can hate Tom all you want. But you have to say thank you. You have to say thank you because you continue to watch. And we're the ones who are enjoying it. We're not living it. Can you imagine being Tom Sandoval right now, what it must be like to walk down the street and literally be, I mean, can you imagine the response he gets when people see him in real life? To be a guy who's all over your TV screen and people literally, they hate his fucking guts. Thank God it ain't me. I'm done. Came, saw, disrupted, came, saw, disrupted, Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Take me out of with something real nice. Take me out of with something real loud. And most importantly, end this I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast with something real funky. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L. S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash 
Stereo, get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees, iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 